What's up? It's the Showdown Hoedown. We're back. We killed it Monday Night Football. Got so many screenshots from people. All the hashtag motherfather wins out there. Very glad. I guess the key was just to have Kelsey at tight end. That's all you had to have. I had a lot of the good periphery picks, just not enough Kelsey at tight end. But uh, overall, it was awesome. What's up, new guy? I'm the Degenerate75. You see that name right there below me? Why don't you give me a follow on Twitter, you motherfucker? I'm a high-limit DFS player who is here to help you learn how to be better at this stuff. If you're wondering, why should you watch me over other people? Well, it's pretty simple. I've been doing this very seriously for a long time, and I, I can help you not suck so bad at DFS and get away from some of the pitfalls you do. If you're just here for picks, you're probably on the wrong channel, motherfucker, because I ain't going to give you any. Because you want to know a little secret? I don't give a fuck who you play. So don't, don't, don't come here for picks, but we will talk about some good plays. Hey, here's my schedule. You see this big-ass schedule over my shoulder? Do this every Monday and Thursday, showdown hoedown, and then we do a week-long on Tuesday and Saturday. I also do some golf and college football. Check it out if you want, but without further ado, let's get going. Hey, the first thing you always got to do is you got to be looking at contest selection, right? If you're a new guy, please don't go play in this $15. If you want to play in this $15, just you know put 10 lineups in it. Instead of putting 10 lineups in that, why don't you just mail me $150? I'll kick you in the nuts and we call it even. Because that's what's going to happen to you in the long, long run. You want to stay away from that. Unless you're full maxing it and you have a huge bankroll, that's the only way you can be sustainably successful in that tournament. So go look to play in more single entries, 5 maxes, 3 maxes, 20 maxes, depending on the number of lineups you want to play. And make sure that those are, the, 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 the payouts don't all go to first. You want to see nice balanced payout structures so if you do hit a good lineup well then you have a place you have a way to really win some good money if you get fifth or sixth place right and you know if you do end up in one of those 200 person trains in one of those tournaments it's still going to be a really nice payout because all of the money is distributed over those first 200 spots and not just all going to first right so there's your big thing that's what you really want to look at contest selection i i harp on it every one of these shows so i'm trying to speed these up and not talk about it so long want to get more focused on the game right Hey, by the way, while you're here, if you like the cut of my jib, maybe go drop a like and a sub. We just blew, we were at 1,500 like a week and a half ago. Now we're at 1,600. We're pushing hard to 1,700. Help the big guy out one time. All right, we use Run the Sims around here. If you don't know, it's the best tool-assisted site out there. You can go use them. You, they got a weekly, a monthly, and a yearly plan. Use my code, DGEN75, D-E-G-E-N-75. I'll get you 20% off. What's really cool about it is you get to control the inputs. We can input whatever we want into this, and it will simulate the game 5,000 times and let us know who is going to be the most likely to be optimals. And that's really what we want, right? We want to get guys who are going to show up in the optimals more than they are owned. Because if you do that, then you have leverage on those plays, and it gives us a good idea who are the people to target. So that's what we're going to do. Right now, the game total for tomorrow, because if you don't know, it's real late Wednesday night when we're recording this. The game total for tomorrow is 38. Yuck. What a disgusting total. I mean, how, if I were to pick like the two worst teams in the NFL, this might be them. This might be the two worst teams. This is a, a terrible game, but don't let it get it twisted. Just because it's a terrible game doesn't mean it's not a great DFS opportunity. Both of these teams are terrible, but sometimes when two terrible teams play, there can be some baked in goodness there, right? It's like they're so bad and they're playing other bad teams. It's like they forget they're bad and it could actually turn into a good game. We'll talk a little bit about narratives in a minute, but a 38 point total right there is we already know before anything, we already know that kickers and defenses are going to be mega popular tomorrow. And I'm not saying they're not good plays. I'm saying that like you should know that going in. Anytime there's a low total, kickers and defenses naturally become more inflated. Also running backs do as well, uh, just because in higher scoring games, wide receivers can out outpace running backs with uh, full point PPR. But in lower scoring games running backs tend to get there more often thus they are owned more same with kickers and defenses very simple concept 
But the biggest thing I would take away is this game is a true pick 'em. There is no favorite in this game. So what we usually have to look at in Showdown is playing the favorite team and playing a 4-2 or a 5-1 onslaught of the favorite team versus the underdog has been the winning strategy so far this year. Those have hit a lot more frequently than playing the underdogs. But in this game, we don't have a favorite, so we can't really play that narrative. So it's going to be kind of tricky. What we're going to do here is we're just going to use the generic the generic uh, things that are already in there. Each team has uh, a 19-point total. Well, this says 18.5 and 19, but it should be 19 apiece. So I guess they are saying that the Bears are a one-point favorite. We're going to run the Sims and see where we're at. We're not going to have ownership available as I'm still making this Wednesday night. I want to get it out early, see if it gets any more views, get some new people watching this in the middle of the night because YouTube doesn't put it out there in the algorithm until it's too late. So the first thing you got to notice is uh, 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 how incredibly often Carson Wentz shows up, right? He is showing up in the optimal 56% of the time in the flex, almost 16% of the time in the captain spot for a grand total of 72%. So if tomorrow you find projected ownership and you see that Carson Wentz is going to be coming in at something like 60%, well then in theory, he is a very good leverage play because he is showing up in the generic optimals much more. Maybe you want to make your own optimals. Maybe you think this game is going to be something more like 28 to 24 and you want to go put those in. Well, you go put that in. Or you think this game will be faster paced than normal or slower paced, whatever you think. And you can go plug in those inputs and it will give you different numbers, right? That's what's cool about the site. But with the generic inputs, Carson Wentz almost looks like the nuts showing up almost three quarters of the time in the optimals. So let's just go through and talk about the, a couple of the good plays, a couple of different uh, narratives, and let's get the F out of here. What do you say? So the biggest thing you got to notice is the Bears actually being favored. Like, they get, I, do they even know how to handle such pressure? <laughs> they fucking suck. But Justin Fields has been trending in the right direction. The biggest concern with Justin Fields is that he is passing less than 20 times a game. The good news is he is rushing over eight times a game, and he has elite, like, almost not quite Michael Vick but like that type of rushing upside right he definitely has a 50 to 100 yard rushing game many many time and more than that he can get those rushing touchdowns which we know on DraftKings counts as six points as opposed to four for a passing touchdowns which are huge so Justin Fields I, I think almost any narrative or any game script you decide to play tomorrow Justin Fields fits into it right because Justin Fields can get it done with his legs and being the quarterback he's the guy with the ball in his hand so maybe on a broken play he chunks it deep to a guy and finds a touchdown there also right but here's the problem with playing Justin Fields. So often when we play a quarterback at the captain, you almost always want to stack them with two of their pass catchers because for a quarterback to get there in the captain position, to pay off that huge captain salary that you're usually paying for a quarterback usually takes that quarterback getting two wide receivers there. But Justin Fields is one of those few people that can actually just get one receiver there and still be the nuts captain play, right? Due to his increased rushing volume and his likeliness to get a rushing touchdown. So here's what my, my first tip for you. I would not stack Justin Fields with two pass catchers tomorrow. If he's going to continue to pass less than 20 times a game, you were talking at best three or four targets probably per uh, receiver that he has, right? Five guys are probably going to get targets, divide that up. No one's probably going to get more than five targets. We've seen it almost every week this season. So why go try to stack two of his guys and just hope that he's perfectly efficient and hope that each of them catch a bomb? It's just not very likely. So Justin Fields is somebody, our first takeaway is not a guy you want to double stack. You can play Justin Fields, but if you're going to play Justin Fields and you want to run a Bears onslaught, I wouldn't run it with a bunch of pass catchers. I would run Justin Fields and then maybe David Montgomery, maybe the Bears defense, the Bears kicker, and maybe, maybe like 
a really cheap pass option that can get there with one or two catches, right? But, you know, stacking four or stacking five bears is tough because they just have such an anemic offense, right? If you're going to do a 5-1 onslaught, you're going to be much more appealing going with the Washington side of this because Carson Wentz is a guy that can get multiple receivers there, right? Uh, he could get he could probably get two receivers and a JD, a JD McKissick there. So, you know, if you're going to run a 5-1 onslaught, Washington makes a lot more sense just from team composition and team distribution so right there you know be aware of that when you're making your script is what quarterbacks very stackable with pass catchers and which one's not very stackable with pass catchers that's that's step number one for tomorrow step number two make a script that makes sense right here's a good script i don't care what fucking script you pick you pick whatever you want big guy it's your world i'm just living in it okay but here's an example of what a script is like say you want to say that the chicago bears are going to come out and boat race uh washington like most teams have done this year in the first half right and you think it's going to be 21 to 3 at half well we know what that means we know that that means washington is going to be passing the ball all uh, a, a ton in the second half while chicago is running the ball and controlling the clock right so in a, in a, in a script like that i hope that you can understand that people like a brian Robinson or somebody uh, like Antonio Gibson are instantly off the board. You don't want to be playing those guys. And that and that script, you definitely want to be playing J.D. McKissick, who's going to be the pass catcher, who we presume is going to be on the field more as these teams are coming back, right? You're also going to want to probably uh, be playing somebody like, you know, the pass catchers. C- Curtis Samuel will be very appealing in that, getting lots of targets as they're coming back and just passing, and uh, Chicago's back in a deep zone, just not any allowing anything over the top. Somebody like him becomes very appealing, right? Or maybe you want to go the exact opposite. Maybe you think this is a game that Washington completely controls right and so you want to go try to pick the right washington running back well the problem is brian robinson's back and he's stealing about 20 snaps a game uh, antonio gibson seems to just be falling off the earth and jd mckissick just gets the third down work so trying to properly balance that would be tough in that situation maybe you want to go with a carson wentz uh, a curtis samuel and maybe a logan thomas and just you know hope that uh, wentz is hitting all of his short passes and moving the ball that way go stack him along with washington's defense and then bring it back with Chicago's kicker and maybe uh, Fields or something like that, right? Because even in that even in that game script, Fields can get there. If the Bears are way ahead, Fields can get there. Fields is playing from behind, he can get there. If it's a shootout, he can definitely get there. If it's a slog, he can definitely get there. Justin Fields can get there in almost any type of uh, script tomorrow. So no matter what script you want, I think you've got to be open to Justin Fields. But if you think it's going to be a shootout, which is a pretty ballsy call, I don't think many people will play that. Well, then I don't think you want to get caught up in playing defenses, right? I also don't think you want to play two kickers in a shootout, um, script right if you think it's going to be a bore a boring sloggy game well then you probably don't want to play deep threats like terry mclaurin right that's where terry mclaurin makes his bread and butter is on deep catches you probably also don't want to play a lot of jd mckissick if you think it's going to be a 14 to 13 type slog game he's just not going to see enough snaps in the right game script for him to be successful so this is how using a script can really drive us to specific players and then we use those specific players to make a six-person lineup where that lineup tells a story of how the game's going to go if the game goes that way well now we don't don't need so much random luck, you know, from just this one play, this one guy to get a catch or this one guy to fall into the box for a touchdown, right? Now we have a script that's going to make those things happen much more frequently than often. All right, the other thing we want to talk about is who are some nice punt options. If you don't know, a punt is a gamble. So let's let's talk about some of these low uh, low cost punt options. Well, first of all, if you, I, I guess I'm getting I'm burying the lead here, brother. I think we need to talk about guys that are overpriced. Okay, guys that are definitely overpriced on this one. Uh, you you got to start with uh, with 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 uh, my dude Brian Robinson at 6600 and my dude Antonio Gibson at 8600. With them splitting basically the first and second down work, neither one of them seem particularly appealing. If you're playing in a large scale GPP and you want to get really different 
11th are probably great leverage points. Uh, but oh wait, the ownership is up. I'm holy shit, I didn't even notice that. I'm a new guy. Apparently, I'm the new guy. Look at that. Uh, Antonio Gibson only coming in at 9%. I mean, if he gets there, that's going to be huge leverage. Uh, Brian Robinson, they got him coming in at 26%. Yeah, I think I'll pass on that one, bruh. Uh, defenses. See, this is what I'm talking about. These defenses are going to be really chalky tomorrow with this uh, narrative that these guys are going to be, uh, that these teams can't score, right? And so you got Washington's defense coming in at roughly 33%, yet they only show up in the optimal 22% of the time. So that's a very negative leveraged play. Uh, David Montgomery is another guy, guy that I think is just criminally overpriced. I don't like David Montgomery at 10400 That doesn't mean you can't play him. That just means he's overpriced relative to where he should be. And then you're really going to have to own the shit out of him because they have him getting owned at 77%, the highest owned player on the slate. Not something that interests me, Bob. So if you do want to go stack a Justin Fields and a David Montgomery and run it back with Fields and, or excuse me, Wentz and whatever pass catcher, probably Curtis Samuel is going to be everybody's favorite, uh, which is showing up as the highest leverage play on the slate, him and J.D. McKissick, right? Well, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to get some good pun options. Let's go talk about some good pun options. Uh, a good pun option, uh, well... The Cole Komet is makes sense, right? Justin Fields doesn't throw the ball much, but the tight end does run a lot of routes. Um, you know, rela and nobody runs that many routes for the Bears, but he does. Fifty two hundred, he's overpriced, so you're probably going to get an ownership discount on him. But I think the best one to really punt on is Dante Pettis here at eighteen hundred. He's been running. Uh, he's running almost the second amount of routes on the team at eighteen hundred. What does he need? He needs two catches, eighteen yards, and a touchdown, and he's probably the nuts in this game, right? A lot of people are going to go chase Deami Brown after what he did last week, but I'm telling you, you don't want to chase a guy like that uh, trying to do it back-to-back -back weeks. It just doesn't get there very often. And then, uh, you know, you get down here too far. These teams, they're just they're just so condensed in their usage uh, because, well, there's not many. There's not a whole lot to go around that, uh, you know, I just don't think I would go down here slumming it much past uh, Dante Pettis. That, that, that's kind of like my cutoff. He'd be the very bottom guy I would play. Uh, let me make sure there's nobody else that I want to – yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you got your kickers, you got your defenses. Here's what you want to do with kickers and defenses. It's very simple. If you think the game is going to be low scoring, kickers and defenses get very, very inflated. But here's what you need to realize is that everybody's going to be playing those kickers and defenses. So if you play three or four of those kickers or defenses in your lineup, you're going to be very, very duped. Right. And it's not just that you're duped. It's that then what are you doing with the other two or three spots in your lineup? It, it kills your flexibility, because if you're spending down on three or four spots in your lineup, everybody's going to have the same fields and wins up there. Right. Because the spin up options become so obvious at that point so i'd really encourage you to play kickers and defenses that are correlated right play 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 a blowout narrative right or play one team as way more efficient narrative um, and use that to build a lineup that makes more sense so you're not paying down three times you're paying down two times and then that gives you some more flexibility to be more creative up top or if you really want to do it you know at least get a really weird captain go put terry mclaurin or somebody like that in your captain spot because i don't think anybody's going to be playing terry mclaurin at captain uh you want to, uh, and then the last one is a uh, 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 look at uh, the kickers. You can't help but notice Run the Sims really likes Washington's kicker, probably because Washington moves the ball so much more efficiently. They're assuming Joey Sly is going to get more options than our buddy Cairo uh, Santos. But, um, you know, that, that's all about your narrative. So you're going to pick your script. You're going to pick good targets uh, or you're going to you're going to pick good contest. And then you're going to you're going to you're going to have guys that correlate to each other. That's what you're going to do tomorrow. Right. Once again, if you want to check this out, it's DGEN75 is the code. Feel free to use it. Get you 20% off. Also, if you want to be in my drawing, I do it every Saturday night. Me and John Gold J do do a week long. If you've stuck around this long, trust me, you want to be in my Millie Maker drawing, right? And all you got to do to get on that wheel is simply go like and retweet on Twitter or because you can get two of them. 
Just go simply leave down here in the comments. Who's the one guy you're playing tomorrow? That's all you got to do. Me and John do a special one of these tomorrow, two hours before kick over on the Discord. If you want to come check it out, it's right here connected through my Patreon. It's growing like crazy. Come check it out. Don't forget to check out my schedule. Good luck tomorrow. Feel free to shoot me a DM if you have any questions. Uh, don't overlook this game just because it has some shitty teams. Sometimes that's the best place to find value. I hope you enjoy my outro, you motherfathers. fathers.